Welcome to Second Take, the show that focuses on the issues behind the news. Mining Weekly editor Martin Creamer joins me today to unpack the latest in the mining industry. Welcome, Martin. Thanks, Ashley. So to kick off decarbonization, it provides a colossal opportunity to create quality employment. To what extent is Southern Africa taking advantage of this once-in-a-generation chance? You know, I'm quite pleased that South Africa and Southern Africa are waking up to this. But I found that the first to really look at the big opportunities was Namibia. And they already have announced the project, you know, to go ahead with green hydrogen. You then had Zambia coming down to Joburg with the trade and industry minister, very impressive, and talking about how they need to really grasp this opportunity. Of course, they're already big in hydropower, but the drought let them down with hydropower. So they will be continuing hydropower in non-drought prone areas, but the big push is going to be for wind energy and solar power and geothermal energy. And then in South Africa, I'm very pleased to announce that, you know, Tulani Gabash, who was the former CEO of Eskom, is going ahead with a very big green ammonia project. It's about 4.6 billion US dollars worth and it's going to be solar power based. It's got uh, Eastern Cape is the base. They've got the port there and they've got so many things working for them. Even Cerebos Salt will come in and deal with the desalination of the water before they produce the hydrogen and oxygen from the water. The desalination will also produce salt for, for Cerebos. So it seems to be a win-win-win. Everybody cooperating down in Nelson Mandela Bay area for what could be something that provides a lot of good quality jobs. It uh, enters us into the, the modern world where it's an absolute human imperative. We've got to go along with climate change, but at the same time, there are opportunities to grow your economy with that in a sustainable way. Whereas a lot of the, the mining we do has got a finite horizon, you know, so at some stage or other, we'd reach the end. But with projects like this now, you almost say we can go on ad infinitum. So it's, it's, it's a great changeover, and I hope people grasp the nettle. Some of them already are. Now, while South Africa does need to transition to clean energy, like you said, um, can it do so without creating job losses and ghost towns in areas where fossil fuels provide overwhelming economic supports? You know, it's, it wants to. It's already saying we will. Uh, it's already looking at far-reaching plans. So, <laughs> you know, I think we're doing quite well because, you know, when, when the mines closed in places like uh, Valcom, the gold mines, there was no thinking like this mm -hmm. about uh, how we're going to create a new economy to keep all the people active there. But this time around, with climate change and with all the, the global effort, you know, they're talking about a just transition. And what a wonderful thing to do. And how great that you can actually move from fossil fuels and, it, and go into an energy base that can absorb a lot of those people and maybe even create a bigger economy than, than you had before. And I'm very proud of what um, you know, Eskom are already doing. There. This plan they've got, which will unfold this year, is to repurpose an old power station in Mpumalanga and create these activities that give the people who are working there new jobs and avoid the area from becoming a ghost town type area. 
And then the most recent one is they are looking at calling for people to actually bid for land. They've got a lot of unused land there. And now, you know, you can produce 100 megawatts without any license. And if you come forward with a big project and a quick project, that will win you the right to lease the land for a prolonged period. Mm. And they'll also introduce access to the grid in a much better way. So I think it's, we're not doing badly at all. I think this transition could be really smooth because, I mean, at the COP26 uh, in Glasgow, they made 8.9 billion US dollars available to a just transition for South Africa. And we've got to thank you know, countries like France that are prepared to do it, Germany, UK, US, European Union, who are prepared to help us to actually transition in a just way to make sure that you don't have these uh, ghost towns developing and job losses. You have the opposite. In fact, maybe even a bigger growth. So wonderful news. Lastly, fuel cells that need platinum to function are being recognized increasingly as the world's only zero emission answer to climate change. Um, is South Africa insufficiently appreciative of this? You know, I think South Africa should be more appreciative of its platinum group metals and where those metals can take it in this new economy, this climate conscious economy. And one of the things that I see international engineers writing about more frequently are how fuel cells, you've just got to have these things to, you know, to take you through this new period of getting electricity from things like hydrogen and getting it in a way that gives no emissions. There's nothing else. So engineers are saying, this is the social imperative. This is the way you've got to go. And I think with international engineers talking in that way, we should really be pushing this up. I know that the platinum group metal companies, I mean, they used to, used to go there in the 70s and the 80s. And they, would be, they introduced me to these fuel cells at that stage. And, you know, they were pushing what they called the PEM fuel cell, which is the proton electron membrane fuel cell, because they said this is the best. And now you find engineers saying the exact same thing, writing about it, uh, several pages on it. So we can say that can't work without platinum, without platinum group metals. So we should be really pushing this. I, d I don't see enough recognition of where we stand in this whole situation and how we can help and possibly uh, really encouraging people to make a component or two here so that we're part of this. We keep watching what's happening to these fuel cells because with a fuel cell, you know, you can have a stationary fuel cell which becomes like a little power station. But then you can have a fuel cell in your vehicle which gives you clean electricity. These things are very scalable. You know, you can have a small one and you can scale it up as modular. What more do you want? And they're so flexible. So this is the answer. And we should really push ourselves behind it far more vocally. I think all the Platinum Group Metals people should really be highlighting the PEM fuel cell as the world's solution. And also the government should cooperate with that and perhaps, you know, every now and again a good roadshow or take part in some place where there's a lot of activity around climate change. We did have it at <coughs> COP17 when it was in Durban. You know, uh, Cynthia Carroll, Anglo-American, she really boosted this. I mean, if we had followed her from that point, we would have been well away because she was doing all sorts of research and showing which way you could go. Not to make possibly the whole fuel cell, but to do parts of it and to come in 
uh, with um, how you generate electricity cleanly, she got a lot of visibility there. In fact, the, the acting president at the time, Gelema Matlante, he was around there watching all that. But of course, he was replaced by President Zuma you know, and all the team that were at COP17, they were put into different positions under Zuma. So all that momentum was lost. But be that as it may, we should seize it again and get that momentum going because this has got an infinite horizon and we should be right in there as South Africa Incorporated. Thanks for speaking with us, Martin. It's a great pleasure, Sashni. That's it for today. Join us again next week for more news analysis on the local and global mining industries. And don't forget to listen to the audio version of our Mining Weekly daily email newsletter.